Lord, do you hear us? We come knocking again. Please answer the door, King. Um, want to lift up Austin to you, your boy, your man, and ask that you would have your hand upon his head even now, and that, Lord, he would experience sweet peace and joy in his life tonight. Oh, Lord, that he would be still and know that you are God, that he would get outside his tent and he would look up at the stars and dance before you, Lord, bow before you, sing to you, as your servant David did. We ask that Austin would be protected in a powerful way that there would be angels around him, some force field that nothing can harm him. Nobody. Doesn't matter how big the tank, doesn't matter how big the... just It's not going to happen. Have your hand upon him, protect him, keep him safe, bring him home. Let your man be a light in that nation that shines so bright that the brothers around him see the example and glorify their Father which is in heaven. And we pray for Ken Hovind, Lord, as he sits in that cold jail cell once again. And we ask, Father, that you would free him. You would free him, Lord. The gates would fall off that door, those hinges, and, Lord, that he would walk out of that place free. That you would be glorified in him. Work in him tonight the things that you desire. Bless your servant, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, um, we are in Job chapter 23 tonight. Job, who we are looking at tonight. Job, this man we have been studying. Gosh. You know a new believer when you see one. Because they'll say, I was reading the book of Job the other day. Oh, you mean Job? Yes, Job. And... Um, this man, Job, that we read about, we remember this is the oldest book in the Bible. And this man has gone through misery. Misery. Remember? God picked him out of every man on the face of the earth and said, This is the big dog on the earth. This is the faithful one. This is the righteous man. And why was he righteous? What was so great about him? Did he have a big mega church? No. Did he? Uh, was he a missionary? Uh-uh. What did he do? He sacrificed for his family every day. That's all that we have recording of. And God said, this man is righteous and pure in all his ways. That's what he did. He took care of his family. And um, God challenges Lucifer and just says, pretty much this guy's going to be faithful to me. And yes, Lucifer challenges and says, man... I want to take everything away from him. Let me give all, get all his possessions. Let me take his health. And so he does. And Job is sitting there miserable. Misery has come onto his life. And he is sitting here waiting for God to save him, to deliver him. And what happens? Three of his friends come by and they start lighting him up. Like, Job, what's the deal, man? Why has this happened to you? What kind of sin are you in? Why has God allowed this to happen to you? You must be doing something wrong. When Job was what? Doing nothing wrong. No, he wasn't. And that is the story, and that's where we pick up this conversation that is happening. And we will see a lot more of the same old, yes. Let's see what we can glean from it tonight. Let's go before the Father and ask Him to bless. Amen. Well, King, uh, as we dive into Your Word, and as the people have already received so much, I know, from my mouth, God... O King, please, please, Father, would you minister to them 
Would you minister to me? Would you help us to hear your voice clearly in this text and to walk away with much? Have your way tonight. Speak through your servant, please. Amen. Job chapter 23, let's read together. Job is answering once again one of his friends here, and look what he says. And Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and would understand what he would say unto me. Stop there. Job is answering back and saying basically this, man, look at all this trouble that has happened in my life. I would come to God hoping that He would hear me and listen to everything that I have to say. Now, why is Job saying this? Can he not pray and talk to God? Well, of course he can, but it's almost like he is in a haze. He is in a place where he does not sense the Father. He feels like God is not there. And it's almost like those times when you pray and you feel like it just hits a ceiling and you don't even know. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel in the mode. Maybe you try to worship and it's just not happening. Many of you experience those times, those winter times. Job is sitting here going through this. And he's saying, I would bring this to God and yes, He would answer me. And he says that He would listen. That He would listen. I would understand what He would say unto me. My ears would open up and I would receive. There's a little principle we can uh, take away from here. Many, even in this room, will say, God, speak to me, but many will not receive what He says. God, speak. I want to hear Your voice. I want to know what You want from me here. Get that thing out of your life. Huh? Huh? I I don't understand. I, I didn't hear anything. Huh? What? Do, huh? Okay. Yes. Get that out. You should be doing this. You know it. What? Uh, I didn't hear anything. Yes, I was reminded right now of one of the pastors of the church. They just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, all the way to the top and back. And he was speaking about a 16-year-old kid that did the same. Yes, he was there on the trip with him. And he climbed to the top. And he described this boy as a very brilliant child. When he could run the mile in under five minutes, I think. 16-year-old, or he's going to break it this year or do something. But he said that the boy, the brilliant kid, is described as one who when his mother says something that he doesn't desire to hear, he acts like he doesn't understand her. I was sitting there thinking that's exactly who we are many times. And you, and you see it all the time. You remember as a kid, your parents yell from the other room, Joey, take out the trash. Huh? Take it out. Didn't hear anything. <laughs> and that's many times the way we like to be with God. It's true. You want God to speak to you tonight? There are many Christians in the church that don't want to come to a Bible study that will convict them. They do not want to come to a church that is 
going to give a heavy message at times. And there are many churches across the nation that will not talk about hell. They won't talk about sin. And they will not talk about the wrath of God. Judgment, none of those things. Why? Because they don't want to scare the people off. That's why you see churches sometimes the size, I mean, it's amazing. Let it not be the case with us, family. Do you want God to speak to you? Then be ready for the worst. Job said, if God spoke to me, I would hear Him, and I believe Him. He would understand. What if God says, I want that out of your life, I'm going to take that from you. That could be a scary day for us, many of us in here. Is there anything in your life that you just cannot give up for God? Can't give it up? Maybe that's a word you don't want to hear tonight. Because maybe there are things hiding and lurking in the closets. Maybe things that you just like to hold on to and just kind of go back to every once in a while. That God is saying clearly to you, I cannot bless. I cannot have my hand upon you. I cannot move in your life until you act in this. Until you move forward and study. Just be quiet before me. Throw that away in your life. Be focused upon me. Clear the fog. Clear the haze. Many say, God speak to me, but they do not want to receive what He says. And as my pastor has said many times before, he said, you want God to do something new in your life, but He told you to do something already, and you haven't done it. And He can't do anything else until you do that thing. It's so true. Many Christians, God is taking years and years and years to work in them things that could only take 10 days 14 days like the Israelites. It was not a 40-year journey. Did you know that? Nope. I believe it was like a 10 to maybe 40-day walk. It was no big deal. They could have walked the thing, the desert, no, in no time. But because they were stubborn and they murmured, and they did not listen to the voice of God which was speaking to them week in and week out, every week, every day, man is falling from heaven. Hello? What's that fluffy stuff falling from the sky? Hello, wake up, man. God is speaking to you clearly week in and week out and desiring to do something into you. Oh, that you would understand Him like Job does. That He can complete the work that He has started in you. Working it in you today. Tonight. In this moment. Will you hear the words that God speaks to you tonight? He says in verse 6, Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would strengthen me. There the righteous might dispute with him, should I be delivered forever from my judge. He says if I came to him, would he backhand me? Would he come against me with his great power? He says, oh no. Oh no. He says He would put His strength in me. This is important. 
Many times we as Christians, when we sin, we feel like we cannot go to God. Many times when you do something you shouldn't or say something about someone or fall into some kind of temptation, whether it be lying to your parents, whether it be dishonoring them, disrespecting, whether it be lust, cheating in some way, Maybe coveting something. We don't talk about that much. Wanting something that is not yours. Falling into sin and then realizing we've been in sin and then doing what? Not coming to God about it. Listen, this is important. I really feel this is a difference between Christians, ones who very excel very fast in their walk with God and ones who don't. Everyone sins, be honest. But the question is, when you sin, many feel guilty, which you should because you sinned. And if you're not feeling guilty and you are sinning week in and day in and day out, you're in trouble. I hope that you'd feel guilt upon your life. And if you don't, you better cry out to God because you're in a scary state. And destruction will come for you like you have never seen in your life. You cannot even sense the conviction of God in your own heart. But when conviction comes, many times we what? It's supposed to draw us close to God, and what do we do? We run from Him because we're scared. Many times when I have sinned, oh, I do not feel worthy to go and talk to the King or repent and talk to right there on the spot. I remember back in the day, even in high school, man, when I would just fall into... And I would feel so guilty, and I'd be like, man... I'm not talking to God. I can't. And I would run from... I wouldn't talk to the Father for like a week. And I'd be... Because I was scared. I felt like God was angry with me. Upset because I sinned. But what I must realize is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean, Josh? That doesn't mean you're not supposed to feel guilty and you're supposed to just brush it off like nothing happened in your life. No. What it means is... God is not condemning you. You are at peace with God. And it is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what He's done for you. And what you must do when you sin is fall on your knees immediately. What if I just sinned like one second ago? Fall on your face. Cry out to God. Job says, He will put your strength, He will put His strength in you. He says, if I came to Him, He would put His strength in me. And it is true every single time I come to the Father in times that I have sinned and messed up, it is when I get on my face, when I cry out to Him and I say, Father, look at me. Once again, O wretched man that I am, I fall into sin time and time again. Why are you using me? I am not the man that you should be used by you. Why would you allow me? And the father says, Oh Josh, Oh Joshua, my boy, I love you. And my blood has washed you clean and white as snow. And I do not look into your life and see darkness, but I see light. And I see pure, and I see white. And I see healthy, and I see clean. And I say, Oh no, Lord, don't you know who I am? He says, Yes. A sinner saved by grace, my friend. Get up off your knees and start chasing after me and walking close to me. 
Run from sin, Josh. It hurts you. It destroys you. What are you doing? I know, Father. I'm sorry. And I am strengthened in a moment, in an instant, ready to get up and preach a sermon before you. Not because of me, but because of Him. Because of His grace and His mercy and His love. And you need to recognize that. When you fall away, run to your God and He will strengthen you. Did you hear that? Strengthen you. Look at verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but He is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive Him. On the left, where He doth work, but I cannot behold Him. He hid Himself on the right, that I cannot see Him. Stop there. Job is looking to the left and to the right to find God. I was reading a commentary and one guy said he should have looked up. (laughs) Job was righteous in what he was doing. But he's in one of those times, okay? You need to understand that you will, as a Christian, go through times when you look to the left, you look to the right, and where is God? Where is He? Father, don't you see me in agony and pain right now? Hurting? Hello? Knock, knock, knock. I am pounding on the doors of heaven and no one is answering me. Did you know that? I thought Christianity was this happy, frolicking, smiley religion. I warn you, that there will come times in the future, in the near future, where you will not sense God. Huh? Yes. Why would God send those times? It is an opportunity for you to be faithful without sensing anything. To build your faith. Hey, everybody can be faithful when you got the goosebumps and when you got the, what do you call them, holy goosebumps? I don't know. When you sense the Spirit, man, when you are worshiping and celebrating because God is blessing and all these things are happening and so excited about God and just come to Him all fired up. But who can be faithful when, hey, God isn't necessarily right there next to you, which He is, but you just don't sense Him. Then what? Do you run from God? I just heard a brother the other day my friend sat down with a brother that has backslidden so far. I don't even know where he's at. He's getting into Eastern mysticism now. Yes. Uh huh. And he claims he doesn't believe in God anymore. And so he started talking to him further and he said, Well, what's the deal? What do you mean? Why don't you believe in God? And he said, Well, there's just too much bad, too much evil. He said, It proves God. The fact that there is evil shows that there must be some kind of good. And that shows. Morality. And that shows one who is moral. One who has laid down morals. And he looked him in the face and said this, So you mean you seek God when times are good, and since things haven't gone so good in your life, God doesn't exist. It's classic. It's what we hear all the time. And if you have just recently been walking with God are on this journey of walking with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've been walking with Him for 15 years, know this, that you will experience hard times. You will go through it. 
And there will be times when you will not sense God. I have experienced it myself when I've cried out to God. Cried tears. Crying out to God. They sense nothing. I tell you this. That God will meet you where you're at. You don't walk by feelings. You walk by faith. And faith faith is the evidence of things what? Not seen. If you don't see God, if you don't sense Him, if you don't aren't, don't feel close, know this. That is faith. Wow, you actually have to exercise your faith once. Oh, bummer. That's what this Christian walk is. It is a walk of faith. And faith alone. And so your faith will be exercised and challenged just as Job's is. But look at this, verse 10. But he know the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as what? Gold. Verse 10. I shall come forth as gold. He knows the way that I take. Job is saying this. God knows my way. He knows who I am inside and out. He knows what's going on in my life. And you know what? Since He knows my way and He knows what's happening, and I'm being tried by Him, He's going to try me until what? I come forth as gold. I love that. What a great picture. I just talked about this last week. I'm sorry, yeah, two weeks ago in First Peter. And I shared this a little bit last week as well about being tried in the same way gold is. Do you remember? The gold being heated up, what a goldsmith does. And remember, the impurities rise to the top and the goldsmith scrapes off the impurities and continues to boil and boil and boil until what? All of the impurities and all the things within are gone and what he can see his reflection in the gold. That's when he knows it's pure. That's when he knows it's spot on. And Job is now saying what? God knows everything that's going on. That's one thing that is one this is important. Write this down. That's one thing that you can do in a situation. When you're going through a hard time, know this that God knows what you are going through. Many times you're sitting there Wondering why this is happening. This is happening right now. It's real life. It's active. And then what happens? God looks at you. All of a sudden you recognize He's there and you say what? You know everything that's going on right now. You are not wondering how this is all going to work out. You see past, present, and future. You got it under control. And Job is saying just that. And he's saying that God will try me until I come forth as gold. And what a great thing to praise God in. And I'm telling you this family. That we should be people, as hard as it's to say, that don't run from trial and tribulation, but run to it. Why? Because it is what makes us the men and women that God desires us to be. It is what brings us forth as gold. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. Set it apart for you, my Master, ready to do your will. Many of you know the song. Verse 11, My foot has held his steps. His way have I kept, nor declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And I wrote, oh snap, 
Wow. Do you see that? He says, he is proclaiming, I have kept the commands of God. I listen to the commands that come from His lips. And what? I exalt His words and what He desires and what He wants above my necessary food. What? This hit me so hard as I was reading it once again today. Because this morning, yeah, I went to the gym. And I come home and I'm late. i got to get to work. And so what do I do? Not bust open the Word and read a couple scriptures. Oh, no. I run for the protein shake, pound it, make my little wheat bagel, eat it. It's wonderful. And then run upstairs, take a shower, and leave. I was so convicted. Oh, that I desire food more than the Word of God. And God says to me, Josh, you know this. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What are you doing? And I was, as I was reading commentary, I remember the commentator saying something along these lines. Sacrifice a lunch period to go spend time with God. When your lunch has control of your life, you're in trouble. When you can't sacrifice a simple meal to go spend time with God, big trouble. And when you can't sacrifice something in your life, going to the movies, hanging out with friends, to hang out with God, there's something wrong. Job says, I'll give up the necessary food, the food that I need to keep me going today. I will give it up to listen and to be close to the Word of God. Oh, what a word, huh? What a sweet word. The Word of God is food to the soul, and I guarantee you will be more full after spending time in this than you will after eating a cheeseburger, after eating Subway, after eating your most amazing meal. I just ate at a really nice restaurant in town called Dwayne's. It's like the nicest place in Riverside. Probably the nicest place here in the Inland Empire, this area. It's at the Mission Inn, and it's, it's like 140 bucks for two people. Yeah, it's crazy. Somebody took me there. I just couldn't believe it. I was sitting there after I ate that steak, which was so amazing, as it comes to my mind now. The message that I received up at camp has filled me and nourished my body and my mind and my heart and my soul day in and day out more than that stake ever will, ever. And to give up things like that for the living God, that's the right heart, family. That is the place you need to be. Josh, you don't need protein, man. You need the Word of God. That's what's going to make your heart beat today. That's what's going to give you peace and joy in your life. It is the Word of God, His words alone. And I just praise Job. And I praise God for the work that He has done in this man right there in that text. When somebody says something like that, you know, it's like when you see new believers starting to walk with God and they just start saying things like, man, the time with God by myself is so amazing. He's been speaking to me. I open the Word and it is alive. It just speaks right to my life. He spoke to me when I was driving in the car and I needed to go and call this person and do that. I mean, I'm just like, 
Yes, they get it. They receive. They're understanding. The sad thing is, some can go so deep that they miss the simple things of Christ. So caught up in information, they don't recognize the one who gives it. Be very careful when you put things before the living God. It's simply as food like my protein shake this morning. Verse 13, But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? No one. And what his soul desireth? Even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart I can't read it. I put I put pencil in there and I can't read the word. What does it say in the King James? Soft. For God maketh my heart soft and the Almighty troubleth me because I was not cut off before the darkness neither hath He covered the darkness from my face. He's saying this. God does whatever He wants and no man can stop Him. What He does, He does. Who's going to stop him? And he says, It causes me to be in great fear of him. And the fear, yes, you should have. You should have a fear of God, not one like, I'm scared to approach his throne. I believe that you should, yes, be very aware of who you're approaching when you approach. You know, to be some scaredy cat. Like maybe the child who's been abused by his father, when he goes to raise his hand to give him a hug, he flinches because he thinks the father is going to hit him. That's not our father. That's not the kind of fear. It is more like this kind of fear. Like the fear that your parents put in you. You remember? You understand that they control all things and everything in the house. And so you figure that out real quick. And recognize that, hey, you're not going to do anything and be able to get away with anything unless they say so because they lay down the law. And of course, there comes a day when the teenager decides to challenge. Oh, it's classic. But they're in control and there is a fear there. When they ask you to take out the trash, you recognize it better take out the trash or the allowance will be taken away. Maybe that illustration semi falls apart when you compare it to God, of course. But what I'm saying is this you need to know that when God tells the wind to blow, it blows. And when God has the waves come, they come. And when the earth shakes as it did a few days ago, He sends it. Who can stop Him? Somebody going to stand up, some weatherman? Hey, God, stop that. Stop shaking the earth. Who are you? God, He is the great and mighty one of the universe who banged this place into existence in a second. Who can stop Him from doing what He desires to do? No one. And Job says, I fear God greatly because of it. And we need to walk in that and understand as Christians. I 
when I discovered grace, walked around for a long time, not fearing God at all. So I was like, man, I'm free, I'm cool. Thanks God for slapping it up with me. We're cool, dog. No, 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 no. He didn't like that. He is the great and mighty king and I bow before his throne. He is master and I am servant. And if he desires to send a whirlwind in my life, he will. And if he desires to bring blessing, he will. To have a picture of God like that is a beautiful one to have because, hey, it keeps you in your place as a Christian. Yes, God is not angry with you by throwing wrath when you sin, but He is what? Displeased. As He was with the psalmist. And I discovered that just a little while ago. And for the Heavenly Father, the Great King, to be displeased with His child. Oh! I don't want that. I want Him to be blessed by my life. To walk in the fear of God daily. The Muslim walks in the fear of God every day. And they pray to God five times a day. Man, I wish you could find one Christian that prays just five, maybe bows for 20 minutes and prays five times a day. Is there one? It convicts my own heart. To be in fear of the living God is something that we all need worked into us. When we stand before Him, we will lay dead before Him. Because He's so great and He's so mighty and so powerful. And it is cool that the Creator of the universe, the one that I speak about right now, we do have access to, and that He allows us to be close to Him. It is amazing that that even happens. But I think you better be very careful to think that you can get away with sin in the eyes of a just God and that life will just be la-di-da. Not going to happen. Recognize who our King is, as Job did. Amen? <sighs> I guess it's time to wind this down. Job, this man we've been looking at, suffering and going through agony, pain, physically, spiritually, mentally, he is a mess. And guess what? God's going to turn it all for good. It's all going to turn for the better and we're going to see it real soon. And that's just a simple word for everyone in this room. What is it that's going on? What is it that hasn't worked out? What is it that you're thinking about and wondering how it's going to work out? He's going to turn it for good. I just need to tell you that. I need to remind you and your heart needs to be open to those things to receive. And I'm going to pray just that for every single one of your situations that God would work in your life and that you would be transformed within your own mind to recognize that He is working through this situation as Job saw, that you are understanding the change that is taking place, that He is refining you as gold, that you are walking in the fear of Him, recognizing He can move things either way. So let me pray that over this group. Amen? Let me pray. Father, O oh King, I'm so happy that I can talk to you. You are the Great One. 
You are one who is infinite in all your ways. You hold the universe in the span of your hand. It is nothing to you. And you consider us. And you look down into every single one of our little lives and say, I know you. And I know what you're going through. And I'm here with you. I am close to you. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. My thoughts towards you are those of peace. And I desire to give you a future and a hope that you can't even imagine. Maybe family, maybe you're asking tonight, seriously in your situation, like, God, how are you going to work this one out? I really need this relationship to be mended and things made right. I really have this bill to pay that I just can't get over. I really want to minister to this person, but I don't know how. Maybe it's within your own life. Maybe you're hurting in some area, wondering why. God says to you, I will turn it for good, and I will make all things new. Don't be afraid, nor be dismay. For I am the Lord your God who takes care of you. And Father, I ask that you would reach into every single situation in this room and outside those brothers outside, that you would minister to each one right where they're at, even tonight, that there would be a supernatural peace and rest within them, that they would cling to your Son. Yes, be close to recognizing all that is in Him. And they would be set free on every level. And that everyone in this room tonight, Lord, would recognize you, that there would be a moment when they are stopped in time and they would look up they would remember you being still knowing that you are God so that you can mold them shape them work in them the things that you desire that you want bringing us forth as perfect gold have your way in your people tonight bless them as they go in Jesus name I ask these things Amen Amen, amen, amen. We will see a lot of the same mole in the book of Job. Yes, we will. And I'll do the best I can to extract from it. But isn't that life? A lot of the same old, same old. Everything's happy. God is good. And the bottom falls out. Then everything is happy, God is good, and the bottom falls out. So whatever stage you're in, be ready to minister to others and to receive ministry from others. That may be a word for many of you in here tonight. Learn to receive. Let people minister to you and pray for you encourage you. It's hard sometimes. Me too. Me. I minister and I all the time this way, this way. When somebody wants to give me a word, it's like I try to sometimes it just comes off like I act like I know it all already. It's like, oh, thanks for that, brother. See ya. (laughs) Learn to receive. Learn to receive tonight. There may be somebody that needs to minister to you. Amen? Love you guys. We'll see you next week.